The following program is brought to you in living color. We're available. We open this episode in the newsroom of a daily newspaper. A young photographer, Parker Peterson, is listening just outside the door of the office of James Johnson, the editor of the Crossroads City Tribune Herald News Press Times. There are several reporters standing in front of the editor's desk. James Johnson is standing behind his desk with an angrier-than-usual scowl on his face. There is no excuse for this debacle. I pay you guys good money to get the facts and you have all dropped the ball. The Crossroads City Tribune Herald News Press Times didn't become the greatest paper ever printed by paying top reporters to fail. Winston, what do you have to say for yourself? Mr. Johnson, we have spoken to everyone in the city, and no one has a clue. No clue? No clue, you say? I'm beginning to think that you guys don't have a clue. Why, when I was a cub reporter, I would look under every rock until I uncovered something, and usually there was something under that rock. What do you have to say for yourself, Kingston? His abilities are uncanny. We can find no explanation. He must have some sort of magic mirror or something. Magic mirror? Magic mirror, you say? Don't be ridiculous. Billy Biggs does not have a magic mirror. Why don't you ask him to work for you? Then the problem would be solved. Solved? Solved, you say? I have tried to get Billy Biggs to work for me for quite some time. He says he works for T-Bone Stone. He isn't interested in working for me. Just offer him more money. More money? More money, you say? He told me he doesn't do it for the money. He says he likes working for T-Bone Stone. He likes it, I say. We followed him one day as he ran out of T-Bone's office and- Out of his office? Out of his office, you say? Wait a second. Finish that sentence. He's fast. Fast as a rabbit, I say. Cut that out. Cut that out, I say. That's my way of talking. I saw it in a movie. In a movie, I say. Go on. What about a rabbit? Like I was saying, we followed him one day as he ran out of T-Bone's office. He ran down the boulevard for a block and then turned into an alley. We were right behind him, and when we uh, came to the alley... Poof! He was gone! Winston is right. There wasn't anywhere for him to go. It was like, uh... Magic? Magic? Magic, you say? The answer is obvious. He must have slipped through a door and jumped into a dumpster. He couldn't have slipped through a door. The closest door was halfway down the alley to the next street. And we looked in every dumpster in the alley. He was gone. Gone, I say. Winston, I told Kingston to cut that out. That's my line. What about Billy's mom? Did you talk to her? Langston went over to talk to her. Yeah? And what did Langston find out? He hasn't said anything about it. When he got back to the newsroom, he seemed... Uh, he was different. Didn't you see him yesterday morning, sitting over by the sports desk with a blank look on his face? Yeah, I saw him. I just thought he was a slacker. You know, slacking off like the rest of the staff. No, boss. Like Kingston said, he's changed. Yeah, it was weird. Weird? Weird, you say? I almost fired him. Where is he now, Winston? He just stood up and said, I must make my witness, and walked out. Where did he go? I don't know. That was yesterday. And we haven't seen him since. When you need a private eye and times are tough, you may not have the resources to afford Nick Carter, Rocky Jordan, Jeff Regan, or George Valentine. So who can you turn to except... T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. 
Yes, T-Bone Stone gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. Today's exciting episode is called The Case of the Obstreperous Silence and stars Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. Our episode is brought to you by the Crossroad City Tribune-Herald News Press Times because Mr. Johnson says we owe him one. It was a boring day. It had been a while since I wrapped up a case. I was getting ready to close up for the rest of the day when Verna walked into my office. This envelope was just slipped under the door. By the time I opened the door, there was no one there. Let me see the envelope. Here you go. I didn't open it, even though it's addressed to both of us. Well, I'll just go ahead and open it. What is it, boss? There's a note. It says, You are cordially invited for a free lunch at Java Jake's today at 2 o'clock p.m. RSVP not required. Just be there. Who's it from? It isn't signed. A free lunch at Java Jake's? It must be from Casey. Has Rosie mentioned anything about this to you? No. What about you? You're Rosie's friend, aren't you? Yes, T-Bone, but I only go in occasionally for Rosie's famous peach pie. I haven't been in for a while. Mama and I still haven't figured out how she makes the peach pie so yummy. What you think, Verna? It's almost two o'clock. Do you want to head on over to Java Jake's for a free lunch? Free is good. Let's go. Just don't be thinking this is a date or anything, T-Bone. I know how men can brag. Of course not, Verna. We'll call it a business lunch. Enough with that flourish, sound guy. T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective is a very amateur broadcast theater production written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. As we return to the next act of the case of the obstreperous silence, T-Bone and Verna just entered Java Jakes. How are you two doing today? Great, Rosie. We got invited for a free lunch. Yeah, it's at 2 o'clock and we're right on time. Go on and sit in the table at the back there with Detective Crenshaw. I'll be right with you. Detective Crenshaw? What's he doing here? Same as y'all. Rosie hustled off to grab some grub from the kitchen. As Verna and I walked toward the back, Casey Diaz, the cook, called out. How are you and Verna doing, T-Bone? Not bad, Casey. Anytime I'm in Java Jake's for a free lunch, everything is fantastic. Thanks for the invite, by the way. I didn't invite you. Is Rosie hosting another book club meeting or something? I hope not. I don't read books. I barely read my script. Well, let me know who buys lunch. Want to make sure they always get our A-plus service. As Rosie dropped a couple of blue plate specials down in front of two working types at the counter, we walked to the back booth. Did you get a free lunch too, Detective? I got an invitation for a free lunch, so I thought I'd come by. Verna and I sat across from the detective as Rosie approached. What y'all want this fine afternoon? How does this free lunch work? Can I order anything? Yeah, what's the deal, Rosie? I'm not sure. A young guy came in this morning and said he wanted to buy the three of you lunch today. He said to take your orders and he'd meet you here a little after two o'clock. You're the detective, Crenshaw. What do you think is going on? 
You're a detective too, Stone. I asked you first, Crenshaw, and before you ask me again, I don't know. It may not be the lunch rush, but I got other customers. Shall I give y'all a few more minutes? I'll have a slice of your famous peach pie, Rosie. Then I'll see how much room I have left. Sorry, Verna. The peaches weren't ripe, so there's no Georgia pie today. What else do you have? How about virtue? Virtue? What's that? Cherry pie, hot out of the oven. Sounds good, Rosie. Do you want a scoop of ice cream with it? No, thanks. I'm watching my figure. A lady will have virtue with no hat. What'll you gentlemen have? I already had the PB&J my wife made me, so I'll skip dessert. Just bring me the blue plate special. Blue plate for the detective. You want the heavier light? Heavy? What's your poison, T-Bone? I'll have a tuna melt with french fries. Radio sandwich and throw it in a volcano with a side of Joan of Arc. And another blue plate. Heavy. Rosie turned to walk away, then stopped and said, Anybody want coffee? Yeah, and bring some cream. I'll bring the moo juice with the Mississippi. We made small talk until Rosie brought the pie for Verna and a platter of donuts that she set near Crenshaw with a knowing smile on her face. I wonder when this young guy's going to get here and what his story is. Time will tell, Detective. Let's just enjoy the food for now. This is quite a mystery, T-Bone. I wonder what Gil Granite would think. Gil Granite? Do you read that drivel? Before Verna could answer, Rosie came back with three coffee mugs and some cream. I'll be right back with your food, gentlemen. She walked away as a young man with a big smile approached the table. Detective Jack Crenshaw, T-Bone Stone, and Verna Gibson, I hope you're enjoying your lunch. A young man standing in front of us was tall and lanky. He had light-colored curly hair and a camera hanging around his neck. Just who are you, and what is this free lunch gonna cost us? My name is Parker Peterson. And the three of you are people that Billy Biggs works with, right? This is about Billy? You haven't done anything to him, have you? Relax. Billy's at the Municipal Zoo with Shirley McMillan. They're having a wonderful time. And just how do you know that? Sounds pretty sinister to me. Really, Verna? I'm a staff photographer for the Crossroad City Tribune-Herald News Press Times. James Johnson doesn't have anything to do with this, does he? Rosie delivered our food, filled up the coffee cups, and smiled. When she walked away, Parker Peterson sat down next to Detective Crenshaw. It's not what you think. I want to be a reporter, not just a photographer. I know if I get a scoop about Billy Biggs from Mr. Johnson, he'll make me a reporter. Why do you think that, young man? Mr. Johnson has had three reporters chasing down any and all leads on Billy Biggs for more than a week, trying to figure out how Billy gets his information. They haven't been able to dig up a thing. A thing about Billy? He wants to know how Billy does what he does. He gets important, and in some cases, secret information that no one else could ever find. He can also travel around the city so fast it's unbelievable. I overheard two of those reporters mention some sort of a shortcut? You said three reporters have been on the story? Yeah, two of them hit a brick wall, so to speak. After attempting to interview Billy's mom, the third guy is in some sort of brain freeze. The poor sod barely functions. So you want to do a story about Billy? Revealing his secret powers? Yeah, Mr. Johnson said he asked Billy to come to work at the paper, but Billy refused, saying that he prefers working for you, T-Bone. That young man is a loyal employee. But if his powers were revealed in the media, he'd be a target for evildoers, big multinational corporations, and maybe even secret government agencies.
T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective is a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vandebreak as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. This exciting episode is sponsored by the Crossroads City Tribune Herald News Press Times. And since we aren't getting paid, let's get on with the show. As we return to the next act of the case of the obstreperous silence, T-Bone Verna and Detective Crenshaw are talking to Parker Peterson at Java Jake's. If Billy's powers were revealed, he'd be marked by bad guys, big evil corporations, and even super-secret government agencies. As far as I'm concerned, you can count me out. Yeah, but- T-Bone and I wouldn't do anything to harm Billy. Right, T-Bone? Sure, Verna. Billy is indispensable to me. Yeah, but- No yeah buts about it, kid. Yeah, what he said. Come on. I want to be a reporter real bad. Can't you just- No! Gosh, you guys. Can't you help a fellow out? Not if it endangers Billy. Yeah, but thanks for the free lunch. I think you should pay the bill and get out before I run you in for impersonating a deuteragonist. Deuteragonist? Isn't that a book in the Bible? It's a character of secondary importance to a dramatic narrative. How do you know that, Verna? Creative Writing 101 at night school. Could we get back to the narrative, you two? This is the program manager. Not you. I didn't see you on the call sheet. Ha! I am the call sheet. You can't just kick Parker Peterson out of the story. This episode is supposed to explore different theories about Billy's abilities. In essence, he is the protagonist. And what's it to you? I'm just trying to get a complete episode out of this mess. Well, what about this deuteragonist word? What's that in here for? We throw words like that in to expand the listener's vocabulary. But let's get back to the narrative, people. I haven't got all day. Well, Parker, if you promise not to print a story, we can talk. So we'll make this off the record? Off the record. Works for me. Are you too good with it? Yes, T-Bone. Sure. But remember, Parker Peterson, I don't want to see anything in print concerning this matter. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes if anything bad happens to Billy. So, what was the question again? That was four pages ago. Here it is. Go on. Your line, Parker. I want to know how Billy does what he does. He gets secret information that no one else could find in weeks of research. He can also travel around the city so fast that it's unbelievable. I have a theory. I think he uses some sort of mental telepathy. He is able to tap into people's minds and extract the information he needs. That sounds pretty scary. Well, he seems to know when I'm in peril or need him to get me information. You mean his famous Billy senses. Yeah, you've seen it, haven't you, Verna? He knows when and where to find me. But T-Bone, that doesn't explain how he gets around the city so fast. Oh yeah, you're right, Parker. I'll have to work on that one. Well, I think Billy can time travel. When T-Bone needs information, he runs to the nearest phone booth and travels to the future. There, he accesses some kind of futuristic information gathering apparatus and gets whatever information T-Bone needs. What about getting around the city so fast? When he returns, he can materialize in any phone booth in the city. You know, time travel? What if someone is in the phone booth when he returns? I hadn't thought of that. It would be pretty embarrassing, wouldn't it? Obviously, the time travel aspect of the phone booth can't be operated when the phone booth is otherwise occupied. I like your phone booth idea, but it seems a little far-fetched to me. Far-fetched? 
Out of all of what has been said, a time-traveling mechanism that doesn't allow returning to an occupied phone booth is far-fetched. Whatever. I'm just here for the free lunch. Do you have any theories, Detective? Do I have a theory? Let me explain this as a kind of flashback, with me doing the narrating. Be careful. The Radio Rules Committee has definite rules concerning narration. We know! Okay. Then I'll have the sound man play the proper audio. Audio engineer, give us the flashback effect. We open this flashback in T-Bone's office. He's talking on the speakerphone with the handsome and good-looking detective Jack Crenshaw. Cut the embellishment and get to the narrative. Oh, all right. We open this flashback in T-Bone's office. He's talking on the speakerphone with Detective Crenshaw. Hey, I want to be in the flashback, Detective. Okay. We open this flashback in T-Bone's office. How many times are you going to say that? As many times as I have to until you two let me get on with the narration. Well, excuse us, Detective. As I was saying, we open this flashback in T-Bone's office. T-Bone and Verna are talking on the speakerphone with Detective Crenshaw. Is that alright with you two? Fine. Let's continue. What can I do for you this fine day, Detective? There was just a shootout between Buster Collins and a squad of police. He was trying to rob the third nationwide bank and the silent alarm was tripped. Thatcher and a couple of black and whites were close by and responded. Did Thatcher get to shoot anybody? Nah, the creep got away. What I need is for you to get Billy to get the word on the street and find out the location of his hideout. Since you say you need me... I'll get him on the job as soon as he shows up. Good deal, T-Bone. We need to catch this guy pronto. The clock is ticking. I have an electric clock. It doesn't tick. It just hums, quietly. You know what I mean, Verna. I'm just padding out the story with a little levity. Levity? I'd call it lightheartedness. But I guess they're synonyms, aren't they? This is the program manager. Cut the nonsense, you guys. Get the exposition moving. Okay, Mr. Program Manager, where were we? I said that the clock was ticking. Oh yeah, then Verna said... Cut it out, you two! Now you did it. It's time to throw it to a break, and I don't know where we are in the script. I just hold my thumb on the line in the script where... Oh, shut up. Mr. Audio Engineer, swell the music and throw this whole mess to a break. We return to the case of the obstreperous silence and the next act of T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. As we return, the program manager is looking for his place in the script. And now, let me see. Um, Parker Peterson says, I like your phone booth idea, but it seems a little far-fetched to me. That's too far back. Go for it a little. T-Bone was talking about levity and lightheartedness. No, a little further ahead. Ah, here it is. Count Dracula says, I want to drink your blood. Too far. Hey, that line isn't my script. Oops, <laughs> wrong script. That's from, uh, well, Verna knows. T-Bone, I need you to get Billy on the job. The clock is ticking. Okay, Crenshaw. He should be along shortly. I'll get him on the job pronto. But Mr. Program Manager, I wouldn't say that. This is Crenshaw's narrative. Just say what you're asked. Okay, T-Bone. I want to hear from you as soon as you know anything. All right, Detective. 
you'll be the first to know. Good. Well, maybe the second to know, right after me. Okay. Oh, T-Bone, Billy will know. So that means Detective Crenshaw will be the third to know. Unless I'm here when he tells you, T-Bone. Yeah, then he'd be the fourth to know. Yeah. By the time you're done, I'll read about it in the late edition of the Crossroads City Tribune Herald News Press Times. Cut the padding out, you two. Let's get on with the flashback. Flashback? Are we in a flashback? We're doing a kind of flashback. That was established four pages ago. Oh dear. Now I'm doing it. Just get on with it. Let me see. Where are we? Oh yeah. It's T-Bone's line. Let me see. Billy, I need you to get the word on the street about where Buster Collins and his gang are holed up. There was just a shootout with Thatcher and some uniforms. Did Thatcher get to shoot anybody? Cut the padding. Sorry, sir. Uh, gotcha, T-Bone. I'll get right on it. Without saying a word, Billy darted out of the side door of T-Bone's office. And you know how painful that can be. Stay out of my narration, T-Bone. Oh, sorry. He ran straight into a dark, deserted place in the alley behind T-Bone's office. But there's no dark, deserted alley behind the office. It's a parking lot. Well, there is a dark, deserted alley in this flashback, T-Bone. Please, get on with it. He pulls off his hat and pushes some buttons on a small device hidden inside the hat. Some sort of blue-skinned, three-eyed, alien-looking creature fades into view. Turn on the Universal Translator, Galgamort. Oh, sorry, Billy. Hello, Billy. What information do you need today? Galgamort, I need to know the location of Buster Collins and his gang. Do you mean Buster Collins, the country western singer? Or Buster Collins, the bank robber? The bank robber? That's easy. He's in the abandoned army power plant at the edge of town. Thanks, Galgamort. By the way, how is your hive doing? Half of the drones are subpar, but I think they'll be back to bigger in a few blorps. We are planning to go see Buster Collins, the country western singer, at the Tall Palace over in County Crystal tomorrow night. Enjoy the show, Galgamort, and wish your hive healthy vigor. I gotta go. The blue-skinned, three-eyed alien fades away. Then Billy went back to T-Bone's office, where T-Bone called Detective Crenshaw. The bad guys were quickly rounded up. Is that it? Yeah. The program manager can end the flashback now. Oh, sorry. I was, um, I was busy. Audio guy, give us the reverse flashback effect. And that's how he does it. It sounds like you've been talking to that Patrick Blair fellow we met in the Painted Pilgrim episode. But that doesn't explain how he gets around the city so fast. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about that either. Mr. Program Manager, shall we do more flashback? No, you've wasted enough time. I mean, obviously, Billy's alien friends can uh, drop him off anywhere he needs to go. Just then, Rosie walked up to refresh our coffees. I heard what you guys was talking about, and I think you're all wrong. I've suspected for some time that Billy is some sort of Greek demigod, related to Hermes or Mercury. Aren't Hermes and Mercury the same guy? 
One is Greek and the other is Roman, but they are pretty much the same deity. I know that. I said Mercury, because I figure not everyone knows who Hermes is. And who is Hermes? You know, the messenger of the gods. You know, one time when Billy was running off to get some information for me, I could have sworn I saw wings on his keds. And his baseball cap, too. I think he may be related to more than one Greek god, actually. The way that kid swims, I shouldn't be surprised if he's related to Poseidon. Maybe he's a descendant of Sherlock Holmes and has a slew of irregulars like his ancestors. I have never noticed him using those kinds of deductive powers. Oh, one time I saw him use a super secret decoder ring. Maybe he is twins or triplets and that's how he gets all over town and people think he's everywhere. Hey, you think Billy has the ability to freeze time? Ooh, isn't he left-handed? I heard once that left-handed people are from a mirror dimension. Maybe he's just two third graders in a trench coat. That's not a good idea. That's a crazy idea. Maybe Billy himself is an alien. I think y'all's crazy. There ain't no such thing as aliens. Maybe he has a magical cow that can jump to the moon. What? Where did Parker Peterson go? After a few minutes of listening to their crazy theories, I threw some money on the table and hurriedly left Java Jake's. I decided to go straight to the source. Can I help you, son? Hi, I'm Parker Peterson. You're Billy Biggs' mother, aren't you? Yes. Well, Mrs. Biggs, I'm an aspiring journalist, and I was hoping to interview Billy. What does this interview concern? I'm interested in how Billy gets his information, and how he gets around town so fast. Mrs. Biggs... Can you tell me how Billy does it? I could tell you, Mr. Peterson, but then I'd have to kill you. You've been listening to T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. Also starring Gloriana Spicer as Verna Gibson and Rick Ice as Detective Crenshaw. Additional cast members are Emmanuel Martinez as Parker Peterson, Ryan Tanner as James Johnson, Ernie Wilson as Winston, Galgamort the Blue and Casey Diaz, Robert Comfort as the Program Manager and Kingston, Stephanie Isis as Rosie, and a special guest appearance by Billy's Mom as Billy's Mom. The Case of the Obstreperous Silence was written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. Be sure to catch our next episode when T-Bone Stone says... A haunted burial chamber, a bail bondsman's advertisement, and a serving of Crab Louie that may have turned spell felonious carjacking in the case of the unusual side effect. The art director is George Venegas, and music is by Feslian Studios. This is your announcer speaking. Polly Posey thinks Billy's powers are a gimmick made up by a writer to save time explaining boring investigations. Ah!